Hey guys, my name is PJ Queen, and you are listening to the Grizzly Kiki, where we're going to talk about butts and stuff, hopefully. Don't know yet, but we'll figure it out. This is a Gordon's You want fat fish? I'ma give it to you tasty. Bread it up, fry it, and dip it in the gravy. You want fat fish? Yeah, you know you wanna try it. Dip it in the butter, make the fat count higher. Higher, higher, higher. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you can try all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Thanks a lot. This is Grizzly Kiki. I'm Daniel. And I'm Robert. And we're here with Pincha Queen. How are you? Hi guys. I'm good. I can't complain. I'm a little tired, but I can't complain. I know. You just you just got off of a flight back to LA just a few hours ago, didn't you? Oh yeah. We were at the Bantito were at Macri Park until like two thirty and then ran home, grabbed our luggage, and then ran to the airport and we we're like completely like wasted the entire time. That's so crazy. I yeah, just so. I just saw you playing beer pong with Miss Toto on Instagram. <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah, that was the last thing we did. We finished that, and I'm like, Tito, let's go. Oh my god! Well, wow. thank you so much for making the time just a few hours <laughs> after course. getting home to be on our podcast. Considering we just saw you like what less than forty eight hours ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God bless. Drag. <laughs> oh my god! Is um. Have you found yourself like, is this the first time this has happened where you're like, I am, you know, getting crazy at a bar and then I have to like go right to the airport. And then it's like, you know, like that. What is that Lady Gaga line? Airport, airport, club, whatever. Airport. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bus, <laughs> another club, another club, bus, flight. Yeah. Um, No, I actually do it quite often because I hate flying. Mm. Um, So when I'm going home. I'm usually, and like, I want to enjoy every moment while I'm visiting a city. So I'll have all my shit ready to go right at the door. So I'll go to like the Airbnb, open it, grab it, leave, lock the door and head out. Um, just because it like makes the, the whole process of the airport a little bit more enjoyable for me. I get a lot of anxiety when it comes to it and I get really like easily irritated. Like mm. today, this lady made me check in my carry on because she said it was busy where it was like a full flight. Got on, there was only 50 people on the flight, and it took everything in my body not to, like, bust down that door and fight her, because my <laughs> headphones were in the case. So I just sat there in silence listening to, like, people sniffle. 
Oh, no. Yeah, no. it was awful. See, the few times that they've tried to, like, check my bag when I've, like, you know, have a carry-on, I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. And they look at me, and, and they'll, like, reach for it, and I go, what are you doing? I said, no. <laughs> and I just no. roll onto the plane, and I'm like, one of these days, TSA is going to take me away in handcuffs. Oh, right. Because, like, my stuff is in wanna... there. Yeah, they always want to... One of my last times, they wanted to check in my makeup bag. I'm like, do not touch it. Mm-hmm. I will fight you. Because I always use my makeup bag as my one of my carry-ons, like my personal item. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get that all fucked up. Can you imagine? They, I mean, I've I've heard horror stories of girls like losing their makeup because they yeah. check it. Like, yeah. Mm-mm. I would never. Nope. 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 Um. Jesus. Have you ever gotten into like a like a fight with like a stewardess on a plane? Um. No, but I almost did today because obviously, <laughs> like the alcohol's wearing off and I'm like sitting there and I'm like trying to relax and fall asleep. And every time she came by, she would touch the seats as she was coming and she'd always touch the back of mine and it would hit my head. And I'd look at her. I was like, if you touch my seat one more time, it's going to be an issue, man. Like, can you just like not? And so she like purposely always skipped my seat. I was like, why are you touching me? But what? obviously like I was just being a big brat and I'm totally aware of that. I was like, Ugh, she why is she to touching seat. anybody? Oh uh, well, I don't. And she doesn't mean to touch. It's just she's touching the backs of the seats for like stabilization. And I'm like, girl, if you can't walk in heels on a plane, what can you do? <laughs> you should have been like, I can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I've always seen stewardesses do that, and I've never, I've, I've never connected it with them. You know, needing to like stabilize themselves because that happens to me. Where if I'm in an aisle, like event, you know, depending on which side they're coming through, like I get hit on the back of the head. Yeah. And it's yeah. really annoying. Yeah. Mm. And there was like three of them going. So like one lady would come through with like this, like these little cookies and everything that were actually great. They were like going back and forth with those. Another one was just doing water and the other one was doing juice. And I'm like, girl, there are three carts on this plane going at the same time. Mm. Ow. I know they play Ow. that little like, I don't, I don't even know how they do it. I don't know. I like, I, I know some people love the idea of being like a flight attendant or whatever. But yeah. if my life consisted of just walking up and down an aisle with like a weird little cart and, you know, just like going city to city, I no, yeah. I couldn't handle it. Well, that. my favorite thing is that like everyone that becomes a flight attendant, all of a sudden it's been their dream since they were a child. I'm like, oh, that's funny because you just went to film school for three years. <laughs> like dreams change, sis. Like I, I'm, I doubt you've never talked about that yeah. before. It sounds like dreams die, too. Yeah. <laughs> In the air. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow, that got, that got real dark. That got real bad. That got so bad. Okay. Took quite the turn. <laughs> oh, my oh God. dreams die in the air. Pincha Queen's yeah. memoirs. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh. Horrible. Um, let's talk about your dreams. <laughs> oh, my God. My dream? Yes. Uh, Well, let's start at the beginning. Tell us about where you grew up. I'm originally from Glendale, Arizona. Uh, I grew up there pretty much my entire life. Kind of bounced around from certain areas, but it was always around Glendale. So I lived in like Goodyear, Litchfield Park, and then like the main Phoenix area. Not that maybe no one would know where those places are, but aside from Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grew up there, went to like kind of good really really good school experience my parents were relatively not shit uh, um 
you know, they were learning. They're, they were learning. Um, love them to death, but they were crazy. Um, I just, I was just always that like really chubby, awkward kid that had too much sass, and I'm surprised that I never got my ass kicked. Uh, what was there to do out. for fun in in the town where you grew up? Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, uh, I, I had like my specific friends, but I. It's so funny, and people are always so surprised by this because, like, with my dragon and everything, I'm really loud. I'm like, hey, guys, how are you? Da, 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 da. But when I'm not doing that, I love to be kind of, like, left alone. I'm a little bit of an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I got that because growing up, my mom uh, worked graveyard shifts, so she always worked overnight. And then me and my dad didn't really connect on much, so I was always just by myself at home. So that became, like, my normal. Mm-hmm. And... So, like, I would go out with friends and, like, go do stuff in, like, movies. But I don't have any, like, fantastic stories about being in Arizona. Once I turned 18, graduated high school two weeks afterwards, I moved to L.A. by myself. Wow. What yeah. what drew you to L.A.? Um, I wanted to be out of Arizona. And it was, like, the most logical place for me to go because mm-hmm. my godmother was there. And, um... It's so funny we're talking about like film school and everything because I know people from film school. I went, I went to school for that and worked in it for a little bit, but then realized I hated it. Um, well, I hated the business, so somehow that segued me into makeup and then drag. Oh, so but you, yeah. so you, you then pursued a career as a makeup artist. Is that what? No, I, oh. uh, no, I came out to like work like on films and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I would work on like on sets and then I started getting into editing mm-hmm. and I still like editing. I just don't really do it anymore. Um, but when you first start off like working on sets, you're always like kind of a PA. Oh, and, okay. uh, so there was a lot of downtime and I hated it. I hate just sitting there waiting to be useful. So mm-hmm. I would just watch the makeup artists and that's what made me get really into makeup. So, God bless for all that money at film school, because now I'm a drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it sounds kind of fortuitous, because, like, you know, being a PA was kind of boring, but then you got to pick up these other skills that now yeah, are... exactly. You know, they're kind yeah. of what you make your, you know, your money off of is your, exactly, is your face. Yeah. And, you know, we saw that beautiful blue eye up oh and my God, thank you know you. it drag con gag over that blue eye and i was just like girl it's just some bin eye yeah but when you you know it's it's um like when you see a really well blended eye mm-hmm. and like especially like with and i don't know if you suffer from this affliction but like i have a really hooded brow so like you a lot of what I do when I do my makeup gets lost because mm-hmm. it's all like under the socket. So I have to paint higher up. And so when you see somebody who just has all these, I mean, I don't know, I'm assuming you probably use like three or four shades of blue from what it looked like in it. Uh, I think three shades of blue and then like a purple. Yeah. Actually, wait, yeah, three. Yeah. And because it, it takes that many to just make it look easy. Yeah. You know, and so seeing that beautifully blended blue was just really beautiful. Thank and you. <laughs> I love that, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, but it led you to this. And now, you know, that's like your your signature. No, yeah. It's like what I have been able to start enjoying life off of. Like mm-hmm. when I did when I was like in school and everything and went to film school and before I started doing drag, um, I was a lot more quiet i was definitely a lot more introverted and i was kind of a bitch like i just always had like this pent-up like aggression and anger and i Mm -hmm. always wanted to like 
let someone have it. Um, but then I started doing drag and that all kind of changed because I just let out another side of me. So do you feel like you have less pent up aggression now that you're allowing the drag to be the outlet? Um, yes, I, I have like, you can ask any of my friends or anyone that really, really knows me. I have like zero patience for like bullshit. Mm. Um, that's always been the thing. Um, and I think that's where everything has kind of, you know, grown from like with aggression. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, these people just like don't fucking get it. Mm-hmm. And then, but with the drag, that's kind of opened me up for some reason for people to take me more seriously. I'm like, no, like this isn't how we should do this. And then I don't know, I guess I get my way a little bit more, or at least people, um, trust me a little bit more. So I don't get that huh. frustrated if but- that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it obviously makes sense because I, I actually understand exactly where you're coming from because when you, like, I, I feel like it seems like, you know, you putting on the makeup and becoming Pincha just gave you this confidence and outlet. And when you yeah. radiate that, people automatically are like, oh, she knows what she's doing. Like, you exactly. know, go to her. Exactly. You That's know, like, exactly what she's happened. together. And, you know, with, with with a lot of people that can just be an appearance but in your case you know where you're actually making things happen and traveling as much as you are and <clears throat> you know making more and more of a name for yourself it's yeah. it's one of those instances where the proof is in is in the pinche <laughs> yeah because you're yeah you're <laughs> you're making it happen and i think that that's a very powerful thing that a lot of people don't generally possess or know how to use yeah and like i never really really knew how to like describe i guess my personality until like a couple like a month or two ago me vander and tito went to go see um an artist that tito uh that vander really really loves i can i always pronounce her name wrong i think it's called like yona lee or something like that uh phenomenal artist an amazing show and everyone like people know me for being really really kind but i'm also like I could see right through the bullshit. So, mm-hmm. like, the whole night, because we were all in drag, they would all come up to Vander, and they're like, oh, my God, da 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 And, like, we're all just hanging out. And then um, people would turn to me, and they're like, oh, what's your name? I was like, oh, really, bitch? Like, I get so irritated. I'm like, okay. And then they want a photo. I was like, oh, you don't even remember me. Like, I, it, it's bullshit. That's crazy. Um, yeah, wow. it was just stuff like that. And some guy came up to me and was just like, oh, like, you're more of the annoying one. You're bringing them down. And I looked at him and all of a sudden you saw like my really fun demeanor change. And I got pissed and like Dallas came out. I was a total dude in a wig and I was so (laughs) mad. And my friend Rubella posted this huge thing about it. uh, Cause it posted how badly it irritated me. Mm -hmm. And she described me as like as sweet and like as nice as I am. I have zero tolerance for bullshit. And that's when I was kind of like, Oh, that's my problem. Mm-hmm. That's my flaw. I am so impatient. Well, but see, what you're describing is something that I I think about a lot, specifically when it comes to queens. It's like, th- like you're you're really powerful, right? And people respect you and they look up to you because of your art. But I at hope the same so. time, at the same time, they feel like they have complete freedom to fuck with you. Yes. Which is, it's a really strange dichotomy. And Robert and I talk about this quite often. Um, and, like, I wonder if, if you if you feel that, 
that like dichotomy yourself as a, as a working queen where you know you're you're valued but at the same time there's almost like this devaluation in certain instances like you know how somebody will come up to you and just say something like that like oh you're bringing them down like i doubt that they would just say that to somebody who wasn't you know there, like in drag in in drag you know like they wouldn't and i think that that's really strange yeah it was it was it was odd i was just like so heated and i didn't really know how to handle it Mm because for me at least like to toot my own horn like in la like people like respect me but it's not like oh that's a person you should respect it's like she's a good person she's a good queen she mm-hmm. cares like she she's a homegirl and so it was just so funny that this random came at me like that like all the while like th- like drowning my friends in compliments turns to me it's like yeah but you're annoying and i was like oh i could show you annoying and i like got crazy right in front of all these little white people it was great <laughs> <laughs> all the white people. Yeah, all the white people. And yeah, it was like this little white twink. I'm like, of course you would think I'm annoying. I'm everything you hate. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's probably like, I want to see that one because she won. Push, like, you know, like just pushing yeah. through and being all entitled and shit. And it's yeah. like, And then away. Vander's also kind of the type of person that will look at that. I should, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. And then we'll turn. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, she sees through it, too. Yeah. I mean, that's really important because it is that that type of you know those people who you know are i would i think kind of the the poison in terms of like the 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 community that consumes drag you know Mm because they're they want to own it they don't want to interact with the queens necessarily they just want the attention you know they're the ones who troll on social media just because they want you to like yell at them or just acknowledge them, which I think is a exactly. very yeah. like dysfunctional behavior, but exactly, you know, that's what they like to do. Um, speaking of white people, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's not. I so I was very interested in. Um, so I listened to you on Big Dipper and Meatballs podcast, and you mm-hmm. talked about how your name was somewhat of an like a, a way to um, to pay homage to your Mexican heritage. Yes. Um, and I was wondering if you if you're conscious of that, like, do you think of of that outside of just your name or like if you ever think about am I am I truly like representing you know, like if you think about it in other facets yeah. of your drag, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's totally, honestly, within the past year, that's something that's been a little bit more like weighing heavy on me. I feel like there is a responsibility for me to do that. Um, so I've been a little bit more outspoken. My issue was, so like in Arizona, me growing up, like I was Mexican, like in Arizona, there's no, it's like you were white, like black or Mexican. And then obviously like there are other like Hispanic and like Latinos there, but Everyone in, in Arizona is, like, low-key racist, even if they're not. So, like, mm. if you were brown, you were Mexican. Um, so I was always grouped in with that. That's the culture I knew. That's the culture I grew up with. That's uh, that's my family. So when I moved to California, all of a sudden, the way that California approaches it is less, it was just like, no, you're a white boy. And I was just like, ah, oh, okay. And so that kind of gave me flashbacks to me growing up with my 
certain people in my uh, Mexican side of the family that would refuse to speak to me or my mom or like at least in Spanish because we were the white people. Like I was half white. My mom's like fully white. I don't like Scottish or whatever. I don't know. We we didn't connect with that side. So we didn't really mm-hmm. know. Right. Um. So I never picked up Spanish and it's it's has not been easy for me, but I'm like slowly trying to like grasp it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found I kind of realized earlier this year that that side of me kind of just got pushed aside. Not I don't think it's because of me or like my subconscious. It was just like how people reacted to me. So I was like, oh, OK, like. I guess. And then I would have to bring up, I'm like, no, I'm Mexican. And they're like, your name is Dallas Boyd. I'm like, okay, bitch, those are letters. Mm-hmm. That's not like, I'm Mexican. Like, this yeah. is my culture. I can sit here and like dish it out with you. Um, mm-hmm. So that, and it's, it's a, like a sore spot for me. So like, I have to be a lot more outspoken about it. You know what I mean? Do you feel like, cause so my family is Chilean and mm-hmm. we didn't have like, uh, you know, the way that at least the way that I've experienced it growing up, we didn't have the opportunity to really express our culture and all that regularly, like the way that I saw Puerto Rican kids or the Filipino kids I went to high yes. school with or the black yeah. kids, like the way that they were able to like express and celebrate their culture. That was not something that I really saw. And I understand now as an adult that I didn't like I didn't understand. I mean, I still don't understand my culture. Um, And so I would latch on to like my Dominican friends because their culture was a little more obvious. And I was like, this is tangible. I can latch on to this or my Puerto Rican friends. And, you know, like and there were pop stars that I could relate with that were, you know, indifferent that were Mexican or Puerto Rican. And I was like, this is my way of expressing it. I just I wonder if like if you felt that at all. Um, I think I felt that when I moved to California, because then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, like, you're like, you're not Mexican. You're this white boy. So I just kind of looked at everything else and started grabbing on Mm -hmm. to things that I in general related to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if it was something that was like from Mexican culture, it was with uh, who is one of my best friends. And I feel so bad because I haven't seen him in forever. His name is Eric and his family really took me in. Because I moved out here by myself and I didn't really know anyone. And like that was it. They reminded me of my family back home. So we all got really, really close really quick. Um, So I would spend all the major holidays with them. And then as drag started getting really busy for me, it kind of took me away for that. And then that's why this year I was like, oh, no, I need to, you know, like do a couple backflips back and like start grabbing Mm -hmm. back onto that and bringing that with me. I mean, and that that's something that's really cool because you're you're seeking it's almost like you're you're seeking out and rediscovering your heritage because yes what what struck me from what you said a few minutes ago is that like the like the Mexican side of your family just wouldn't interact with you and your mom all that much yeah, and yeah. I've never like I I I've, I've known a lot of you know people who are like half black half Hispanic half white half Hispanic like I'm Puerto Rican and you know to like have a member of your family or group just be like no we're not like no they're like the white ones like I've never heard of that what it was it was very like subtle Mm -hmm. and like I as like a young kid I always picked up on that I was like I don't really like being here this is making me feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with like certain family 
you know, um, events, not all of them. And it was mm-hmm. always like certain people there. And anytime I was trying to learn Spanish, oh, girl, the Mexicans are the first to jump on you for pronouncing something wrong. But your <laughs> Spanish isn't the way it should be. And I, I've always been like, well, because I'm not like it's not natural for me like mm-hmm. it is for you. But there was this lack of like wanting to be understanding towards that. So I just stopped learning. I didn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, if you're going to make fun of me, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. That's very interesting. I mean, it, yeah. it, it sucks, but it's something that like I, I, I find fascinating because often often I feel like it's the reverse. It's like, you know, when when like a person of color enters like a white family, you know, like, yeah, they're the ones that are like, oh, no, no. Oh, she married him. or mm-hmm. You know, he married her. And, you know, like, you know, the maid jokes will start and shit like oh, that, yeah. you know, and, and to hear it the other way, I think is quite is quite unique because well, I think it was like because my family it's super odd because then you look at like what we'll call like the white side like mm-hmm. my mom and like my grandma and everyone like mm-hmm. the last person to marry someone white on that side of the family was my grandma like and then my mom married into a Mexican family and then my aunt Tracy married into an Arab family so there was like this crazy like melting pot of like all mm-hmm. these cultures and they just all blended for us. Um, and that was like the life that I knew. So when I came to California, it was very much different and it was mm-hmm. a little bit more like separated. And that I guess was a little bit hard for me. And then that's when I just started latching on to anything I could relate to. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I lost like my heritage a little bit. Like I assimilated because mm-hmm. it was just like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, I I can totally relate to that. Um, so we're going to take a break. But when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the origins of your drag and right. Dragula. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the kiki going. And we're back, still with Pinche Queen. And Pinche, you've led us down a very, very, very interesting road. And I have so many questions still, but we'll have to expound upon that on another another time. Um, Of course. But speaking of heritage and origins and all of that stuff, we want to know, where did Pinche come from? The character, the name, all of it. Um, okay. So I don't even think I've really like ever talked about this, like specifically what I'm about to start talking about. So when I was younger, I don't know if you guys can relate. Um, and in general, I'm deathly afraid of being in front of people. I don't like being in crowds. I don't like being on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, it's this, uh, it's this thing that I've always had, but I knew I would have to do it regardless. And like my fear of it really did not fucking matter when it came to the grander scheme of life like you just have to get over it and i remember any time i was really scared to go up and like do a speech in front of the class or like talk even at a very young age um or just standing in front of people it was this really 
feminine voice in the back of my head. I was like, I was just saying like, oh, you know, just go up there, do your best. Da, 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 da. And it was like, it wasn't like another voice. Like it still was like me, but it wasn't like, it wasn't the voice you're hearing now. It wasn't that. It was like, it wasn't Dallas. It was someone else. Mm-hmm. So I always grew up with that. And that carried on forever and ever. And then uh, I'm trying to think like literally growing up in high school, people were like, oh my God, you'd be so great at drag because it was like Drag Race was just coming out. And I was like, oh, like, no, I don't think that's for me. Like, mm, I don't know why you guys think I would like that stuff. Sure enough, fast forward, like, <laughs> it's like seven years later, and I'm like full blown into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, as I mentioned earlier, I started getting into makeup because I was watching the makeup artists on set work, and I loved it. And I wanted to start trying that on me and or just trying that in general. But the only canvas I had was my own face. So that's how the drag really started forming. Mm-hmm. And I had a really good friend um, that I unfortunately don't talk to too much anymore. Wish her the best. Uh, her name is Judas Jomanson, and she was the first one to ever put me in drag and the only one to ever put me in drag, like ever oh, do wow. my makeup. Ever since her, that was like four years ago, no one else has ever touched my face with makeup. Wow. And what was that first experience like? Um... It was crazy because, like, I looked in the mirror and I was just like, okay, I know, I feel it right now. Like, this is something I want to do. I just know what I'm looking at in the mirror is not what. It was like, it's not it. Mm. But I'm getting there. So I really just started. I got my tax return, girl. I spent all that money on a shitload of makeup. And I just started practicing, like, a face, like, two times a day. And it would always be different. And I started really, like, big and animated and harsh and um it's really clowny and then i started pulling it back mm-hmm. so i was like let's get really really soft and pretty let's try to learn how to do that because i was looking around at everyone in the scene at that point it was only was hollywood and all the girls were like super pretty and everything but they all kind of blended in with each other so i'm like oh like what do i have to do and then i started looking at alternative drag and there were some bearded queens in our area, like Harry Queens, uh, like Ursula Major. Um, there was like one or two others, but I wasn't really familiar with them. Only I knew Ursula, but everyone else had full beards. I'm like, okay, well, like that's being done. And I knew if I wanted to do drag, I needed to set myself apart. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll learn how to paint like a sickening mug, real soft, real femme, but then have my hairy chest out. And I started doing that and it just kind of like took off. Hmm. Huh. Is there a part of the makeup process that you feel is like you you're constantly playing around with it? Um, like it's constantly changing in your mind? Not necessarily. I guess for me, it would be definitely my lips change almost all the time. I'm always trying to paint them a different way to really find what works for me. Because everyone's like, oh, my God, you paint your lips so big. I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking drag queen. Like, surprise, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I always try to – I'm always looking for, like, that next product or that next technique that helps me make sure my makeup's really intense and dramatic, but also, like, still soft and really pretty. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's, like, a really hard um, kind of balance to obtain. Yeah, because it can be – 
yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. Like you, you want big shapes and like, you know, like with your blue eye, right? Like it's, yeah. it's big and bold and to a certain extent harsh. Cause it's, it's a lot of color and it's like a, yeah. a like a big, um, uh, what the hell's that word? Surface area, you know? Yeah. But again, like I was saying earlier, the way you blend it, the way it's incorporated, it's still, is very cohesive and soft, but you're giving drama. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's a hard line to, to kind of, because, um, you know, like you said, it can go clown really fast. It can go harsh really fast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I always me. tell all, like, my girls, I'm like, because they'll be complaining, like, oh, like, I'm not blending out right. Like, girl, get a bronzer. Bronzers change your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love them. You They're just the put it over it. And it does something. Yeah, like, yeah, like I, I have even like done it to people or like my one of my really really good friends, Cabrina. Like, cause they'll pay it. I'm like, no, your makeup's not bad. It's just like you're only doing. You're kind of doing like not literally paint by numbers, but you're looking at that spreadsheet with the steps, and mm-hmm. you're doing the steps, but you're not finessing. Yeah, so, like, you need to go in and finesse. So I would like show them like bronzer girl, blend this out, make it soft right there. Mm-hmm. If you want it hard there, make it hard there. Yeah, it's just stuff like that. And I love, I love, I have this one brush I use for, um, like at the end where I, that's the one brush I don't clean. It's like this, oh, yeah. this flat, you know, like, um, oh damn it, it's it's a bronzer brush. Uh, it's a bronzer brush. Yeah, and it's great because I just swirl it all over my face after I've done everything, and it just does something. And like the lines are there. You know, because like I, 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 yeah, I don't know what it is. I think having all of that color on there still, it just, mm-hmm. it, it just kind of blends everything nicely. But it keeps like I love a harsh like cheek contour. Yeah, you know, and I and I love my nose to just have like to be like this really thin triangle. Like I don't, I oh, don't yeah. try and I blend those lines. Nose. I um, love a tiny nose. But you develop that over time, and like we, like I don't do drag that often, but there are things that I keep. You know, that I remember, oh, I, I did this three months ago and I liked it. So let yeah. me do that again. Um, and it's incredible how, you know, just hanging on to those little things will just change it, you know? Yeah. Um, and just when you think you've used too many products, you need three more. Oh, exactly. I <laughs> use so much. My, uh, my, uh, my best friend, Cabrina, will be like, well, I already have this blue. I was like, girl, you need three more blues. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, get it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that like that like uh purple eyebrow is actually like purple and pink and some red. Yeah, exactly. And there's some gold in there and you know in, in the corners to liven it up like it's that's so much fun, you know, when you yeah. can sit there with a palette and just like like little tokes, you know, like you just add things in and then it's yeah. like, "Oh, it looks like one color, but it's not." You know, and that's exactly. hard. Yeah. And my favorite thing is when people finally understand that and you see the switch in their makeup. Mm-hmm. Like like I just said with my friend Cabrina, like, we always, like, joke around, like, girl, like, mm-hmm, like, you look great. But now we're like, girl, like, you look good. Mm-hmm. Like, this is actually, like, we're saying it seriously now. I was like, yeah. this is fucking sickening. You look amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that part when you just look in the mirror and you're like, ah. Uh. I did this right today. <laughs> yeah, it's like, here it is. Like, yeah. Yay. Ah, like, go into, like, shock and just, yeah. like, scream in the mirror for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just face to face, nonstop screaming right into the glass. I, it happens every time I get my lips right because that is the one thing that I hate 
I hate it. Like, oh yeah, the I, whole thing. I also hate doing my lips too. I always have to go in and clean it, and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care if it's crooked. Yeah, let's go. I I have all like right. stroke mouth sometimes, like because I have really <laughs> tiny lips, but mm-hmm. and, and and like a kind of like a frog basically at the end of the day. And so I'm like using pencils, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna use a tiny tiny lipstick brush and paint the lipstick right on. And then I I this last time I think I set it with um with eyeshadows. And I didn't have to oh. touch it. And I was like, done. I don't care what people think. Yeah. It's kind of symmetrical. And it looks like I actually have lips this time. Because it, it, it's hard, you know? Like, you, <laughs> yeah. you struggle with that shit. And it gets so frustrating. No, yeah, lips are definitely, like, my least favorite part of the makeup. Mm. I'm so happy to hear somebody say that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite part is the brows. I love doing brows. Oh, I love yeah. a good brow. Uh, I love them really nasty. Like, you just get that arch that just makes it look like you're... Oh, yeah. Just... I want you to look like a bitch. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm. I use a stencil, so I cheat. But it's oh. okay. I mean, I use I a stencil, I tried to too. use a stencil, but it, I, for some reason, the tools to make it easier always made it, me, like, worse. I could never... Use, I'm like, wait, how do you use this? Like, oh, I think this is right. I'll do it. And then I'll flip over and do the other one. And it's a completely different area of my face. I'm like, okay, great. I suck. I bought tattoo stencils. That's how uh, I do it. They're like, uh, they literally have like, um, like a headband, like a headband. You yeah. put it on. Oh shit! And I just, I do like eyeshadow primer. Um, you know, I just like do it with a little sponge, and then I take mm-hmm. it off and I make them bigger, and you know, like I change them. But yeah. it was such a godsend because my hand is not like like steady enough to do it even uh, on yeah. both sides, and it changed my life. But it's uh, just like blast. the moment when I put on the the headband, I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I used to freehand mine and they were always crooked. And so I, my eyebrows are still crooked with the... Oh, yeah. um, my eyebrows used to be awful. It's just like, it's one of those things where you kind of, I don't know. I pick my battles with my eyebrows. I use a stencil <laughs> and I use the stencil to create the arch. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. They're never in the same spot. But it's like, that's a good arch. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. you know, it looks kind of like a, um, like two done. mountains next to each other. One mountain is a little taller. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. And for a while, you had those Chicago eyebrows that like ended up under your wig. I love oh those, though. Oh, I love the Chicago eyebrow, but it's a very distinctive eyebrow. Is that a thing? Yeah. you The, the girls from Chicago, they have like, they're so like they're the they're so thick and then they because they're painted high and out sometimes they end up under like the, the wing yeah the lace. Like, yeah for a while it was hack- that. it was i saw that at dragcon i was like what is happening uh-huh. <laughs> i love it though. i'm like that's a lot of eyebrow give me more uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind it. It was happening to Trixie for a while, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe oh, where yeah. the phenomenon came she from. She needs a bigger head. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wow. She does. Mm. So you go on Dragula. How did yes. how did Dragula change your life? Um, It ruined it for two months. <laughs> uh, actually, it's so funny. So I'm sure most people know now that like the show was based off of a party that they actually used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably like the coolest thing a queer person could go to at that time. Like in LA, it was fucking wild. And I, my first time ever like in drag was at that Dragula party, at a Dragula party. 
And I did like the whole little pageant thing. And I remember people being, oh, bitch, like you fucking like you're sickening. You're totally going to get into the top three for like the night. And I was just like, no, girl, like it's literally my first time in drag. I'm in no way like getting up there. Plus, my lips were fucked up because I got punched in the mouth the day before. Um, uh... <laughs> yeah, got punched in the mouth. Uh, but um, it was it was a lot of fun. And I met the boules and it was really, really cool. And then I started going back more. And I think the second time I went was a little bit after it was like the month after David Bowie died. And I went and did that, did the pageant. I ended up fucking winning, which is hilarious also because all my friends know that I'm not really a big David Bowie fan, but I would win the David Bowie night. Oh, of course. Um, right? Um, so that was my first win. And then my second win came like two months after that. I think it was I won, Meatball won, then I won again, and then Meatball won the final Dragula party before they announced that the show was coming. And with the show, they all contacted us that first year. They wanted us specifically to be in it for various reasons. Um, Vander was actually a last-minute addition. And I'm talking about, like, days before we started filming. Oh, shit. Um, Yeah, because uh, I told... I talked about her briefly with, like, Tito, because Tito's one of my really good friends. And so we just followed her on Instagram, but we didn't really pay that much attention. Well, at least they did it. I was hanging out with her a little bit more frequently beforehand. And they came across one of her photos and they were like, what the fuck? So he like called them up and was like, we need to get this girl on here. Let's do it. So she was the last minute addition and she fucking murders us all. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah. She murdered us all. I remember getting the message knowing that she was in it because she messaged me. It was like, oh, I know what you needed all your wigs done for. Sorry, sis. Be there. And I'm like, you fucking bitch. Wait a minute. So she was a last minute addition and she was the one who did your wigs. No, she was going to do my wigs. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was going to do my wigs. and But it was pretty much like, I'm sorry. Now I have to focus Ah! on this competition. I was like, you bitch. (laughs) You're like, do both of them. Hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it was it was a crazy experience to start off. Like, we didn't know what it was going to be. We just thought it was like this fun little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ended up taking off. Yeah. And it was that first year was awful. I hated it. I went home first because at that time I was really blowing up in downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily use this word to describe myself, but I've heard others and I'm simply repeating. I was like kind of the it girl in downtown because I was like doing all the parties. Mm -hmm. And then the show happened and I obviously was sent home first that first day. So it was me sitting at home for months like, oh, my God, everyone's going to hate me. Everyone's going to think I'm a fool. It came out. People were upset, but it was just like it wasn't like anything crazy but i noticed my gig started just plummeting oh my like, god no one wanted to book me because i was the bitch that went home first they were all focusing on the la girls that were on the show that were blowing up that the show was blowing up so i was like fuck so i just put like you know heels to the fucking dirt and just ran with it mm-hmm. and did everything i could anytime it was anything dragula related i was there and i made sure i was in that fucking photo frame or anything and I think a great example of it is my pumpkin look at the season two premiere. Mm-hmm. We were just talking like, about your pumpkin look. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
It was a mess, and I loved it. I, I walked in there, and I knew that they all knew that they lost. <laughs> they knew that I was the best bitch up in that shit. And I was just like, hey, guys. <laughs> we love it. Was, it was that... my favorite thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> we love that in in most of... Um... Most of Meatball's Hornet, vi- Hornet videos, at some point, you're like either right there or you're in the background. Like, you're always there with that yeah. face in that pumpkin oh, no, I costume. Just, yeah, I just followed that. Fu- Anytime I saw like, that light go on, you just saw the little pumpkin scurry to the other <laughs> side of the bar. It was just like, here I am. I'm in the scene. <laughs> it was so funny. And when I did it to the Boulets, one of their assistants was like waving at me from behind the camera. It was like, Mova. Move. I was just like, no, I'm not moving. And then you just see me shuffle away. It's like, I got my moment. Let's go. It was great. There's a GIF that's like on Reddit of them, of like the Boulets taking photos with people on the red carpet or whatever they were doing. And then they pan over and I'm just like in the darkness staring like by myself, like, all right. And it was awesome. Yeah. That's when I've really started. Like people are like, oh, Pinch, Pinch is funny. Like she's cool. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all my success has started from that point on. Mm -hmm. Well, and what was interesting, it was interesting to hear you say, you know, about the gigs plummeting and stuff, because I remember when we watched the first season, you were one of the people that we, we were most interested in. And even you going home first, you were still one of the more memorable girls. I've thank you for saying that. It bumps up my ego a lot. Thank you. Like, you know, it was, it was you, Meatball. Me, I forget at what point. We'd heard of Meatball from Tony. Yeah, from Tony Soto. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Meatball went home. Th- Meatball went home late. Top four. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, late, late, late. Meatball went yeah. home early. I'm like. Because she my did mind. go home earlier than she should have. Yeah, I was really. Like, I was really upset when Meatball went home. But, like, you know, it's. um Like,. I mean, the, the the show was really interesting because not only did it bring together this really incredible group of, of talented girls, but one thing that I noticed, and it's it's funny, I was just going through it in my head, is how many, like, girls of color were yeah. on season one as well. Like, that is something that I think is I so think important. The only girl that wasn't of color, and maybe I'm forgetting something, is Loris. Probably. Hmm. I think it was only Loris. Like, I think Loris was, like, the only white girl. Um, but even then, she's, like, fucking foreign. She's, like, from fucking Switzerland. Um, I'm trying to think of who else now, because Melissa's Mexican. Frankie, I believe, mm-hmm. is Mexican. Meatball's obviously black, even though 60% <laughs> of her 23 and me said she's white. Mm-hmm. Um, Vander's obviously Mexican. Foxy's black. Maybe Ursula. Or no, Ursula says, I think, oh, no, wait. See, oh, my God, she's one of the ones. I'm like, girl, I don't know if you're, like, Hispanic or not. Hmm. Yeah, she might be just white, but I have a feeling because she's from Tucson, she might be mixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but that's incredible, you know, to have so many queens of color on a yeah. competition when, you know, the other one, not until late, have we seen so many <laughs> queens of color being represented. Yeah. Right? I would say so. I mean... You're talking about Drag Race? Yeah, that one. Eh, eh, no? Eh, there's, there's, there's been representation from the beginning, I'd say. There has been. I don't know. I like the... One of the things I liked about the Dragula Girls was the... Like, it, you know, it was creepy and gory and all of that, but you could definitely feel the culture, I think, from each of you. You know, like you were each bringing your, your, you know, your individual, like, backgrounds into it as well, which I think is unique. 
Vander pointed out something really, really, um, like, smart when season two came out. Because when season two uh, was released and all the girls, it was such, there was such a reaction. Like, oh, my God, there's so many white girls on uh-huh. here. Nothing but white girls. Da, 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 da. And then Vander was like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's sit down and have a talk. The first one, obviously, all L.A. girls, predominantly in California, specifically in L.A., the people are POC. Like, yeah. Especially in the queer community. They're uh, queens of color. And so that is why season one was so, like, as the, and I say this with beauty and strength, season one was so dark. Like, it was, <laughs> <laughs> like, there were, they were all girls of color. Mm-hmm. And then season two, you're, like, these girls are flying out from across the country and they can't work. Well, they they have the option to work, but everyone's freaking out, stressing over getting shit done for the competition that they don't have time for a job. Um, and they kind of have to survive on their own for three months as they're filming. I don't know a lot of, um, like queens of color that are willing to do that mm-hmm. or in the financial, um, like place to do that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like, that made sense to me. I was like, oh yeah, the white girls could move away from everything mm-hmm. for like two weeks yeah. or like three months and survive still. Yeah. It's a socioeconomical like yeah. reality. Yeah. I mean, that's and just... I'm like, and at the same time, it's like, you can't hate on the girls. It's just like, they're taking that risk because they believe they can do it. Mm-hmm. And I like who like Kendra lives in LA. She's from here. Um, and then I'm trying to like Dolly's in Arizona, but she still had to travel and she's next. Erica, I, I can't think remember. Is Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Oh right. yeah. Erica yeah. is Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She is Puerto Rican. Uh, and the, uh, but she also lives in San Francisco, so like the girls of color were already right. kind of in the area. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> uh, sorry, I was coughing. <laughs> um, we were wondering which of the boules is, is your favorite and why. Hmm. <laughs> oh my god, I'm trying to think. I don't want to give the a pageant answer and be like, mm, like. I love them both for different reasons because I do love them both. What so Swan is really, really uh, a little bit more like approachable and like jokey and like real, just like down to earth. And Swan's the shorter one, mm-hmm. and then it's a little bit more like straightforward, strict. Like he's not here to play games. It's very like matter of fact, but he also, he's also really funny and like really chill. And I think because of that, he. Well, like, they intimidate me a little bit more, like, specifically, uh, Jack Morta. Oh, my mm. God. I said, mm-hmm. don't ever put that in the thing. Bleep his name I was out. just going to ask him, like, is that Jack Morta's yeah. name? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, Jack took, name. it took long enough to figure out what their, like, boule names were. Because for a long time, uh, yeah. you couldn't figure out what their, like, you know, their drag names were. I realized, because yeah, yeah. I've been following them for a long time. Oh yeah, because everyone just said, said the boulets, and then yeah. they're like, "No, we have names." Yeah, so it's Jack Morton and Swan. Don't say, like bleep out that I said. <laughs> oh my god, and I keep saying it. Bleep out that I said his name because <laughs> they will lose their shit. I'm not even joking. Oh my god, that's so funny. I'm gonna go have a panic attack. Oh my god. No, but I think that's why Jack Morta is a little bit more of my favorite. Because they're a hard ass. Mm. Yeah, and I appreciate that. But they're both hard asses. Like, mm-hmm. they just, they're, they're just packaged differently. Mm-hmm. 
And oh, and sometimes when you see something go wrong, you can see it like let's say the DJ fucks something up because the the Boulets run a tight ship and they love that shit to run seamlessly. Mm-hmm. So when something gets fucked up, you can see it in in Drakmorda's eyes that he's not happy. And I'm like, sis, same. I relate mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, she seems like the one who is just like the neck snaps, like yeah. the yeah. fastest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, we, I love it. We were doing an interview backstage at Bushwig, and they were having some. There was some issue with the security at the Knockdown Center and their assistant, and they were like, they were there in full drag trying to convince the security guard that like. No, this person needs to be here. They're part of our and he had team, and like he was the carrying three bags their bags, their costumes yeah. that they had to perform oh in. God. Yeah, and it was just like crazy. And Drek Morta was like, you could hear her voice because it's so like yeah. booming, you know. Um, I identify more with Swanthala just because I love the name the most, and I'm short, so <laughs> I don't know. I love saying Swanthala, please. Um. But yeah, I don't know. She's she is the less intimidating of the two, I think. No, yeah, yeah. but it's also funny because I think behind the scenes, <laughs> the, like he's the most cutthroat. Mm. Yeah, like I like it's such like it's so cool to see how other people see them, and then like see them how like you know a handful of the Dragula girls see them that work with them all the time because mm-hmm. like when we're all like in the back like kicking it's like ha 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 let's take shots having a good time but then they like they mean business at the same time and you'll never see them out of hand and they run that ship beautifully yeah they both but then once like... yeah they they have a certain like image to them and it's worked and i think it's fucking awesome oh, they both seem like they have steel rods in their backs it's it's fascinating because yeah. like they don't break you know, no. like it's just it's they're there to do. I mean, we've seen them, I think, what, Robert, now twice at Bushwick. Yeah, I think. I mean, and this year was the only time we've seen them like backstage. And it was just yeah. it also, was fascinating. God bless, them. God bless them for having that entire tour dealing with all those oh fucking crazy drunks that are the Dragula <laughs> girls that were on that tour. Aside from Vanner, because she's not much of a drinker. Um, but like. Dealing with all of them, all that craziness, scheduling, like traveling, and then have the balls to go to Bushwick and do that. I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. god, I'd be exhausted. Yeah, I think they had exhausted. just come off of a plane, like <laughs> yeah. much like you right now. They had yeah. just come off of a plane from London, and they were like, yeah, yeah. we just got here. Like, let's do this, you know, and still yeah, put the on work a show. Ethic is yeah, sickening. yeah, it's amazing. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about DragCon New York and your Victoria Porkchop Park number. Oh, my God. <laughs> so stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back. And 
we got to see you perform at Tony Soto's show. I think it's I think it was called like This Party is Lame. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was like the 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 this LA Drag Con like fin- like unofficial closing out party. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying anymore. With, like uh Shea Coulette. Mhm. And, and we fucking loved your uh Victoria Porkchop Parker where like she's doing and I'm telling you from Dream Girls. Where did the oh idea for that number come from? Oh, well, I never, I was like, you kept saying Victoria Park Trump Parker. And I was like, what number is that? I don't know that number. <laughs> so that number is actually really funny. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got really fucked up one night, like beyond belief, like just plaster drunk. Cause I went out like, like in boy mode with uh, my friend Eric and we just got fucked up in West Hollywood. That's the only time I go to West Hollywood is if like, yeah, I'm going to get drunk so I can deal with these people anyways. So I get home and I wake up to a message from Meatball saying like, oh, like send me your music in because she was doing this competition show at Precinct and me and our friend Pickle were judges. And as far as I knew, we were only judges. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, um, I didn't know about doing a number. So like, well, yeah, I just like thought you guys would want to do one. Like I, she literally said, well, I'm, I'm deciding now you guys are I was like, oh, OK, like. Let me figure something out. I'll let you know later. Mm. I'm so hungover that I'm like vomiting right after, like as I'm texting her. Oh my god! I'm vomiting. I have to call out of work because I worked at Sephora at the moment. I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. So I called out of work, slept until I had to do my makeup, went to the bar, and at this time it was only like a couple blocks away from me. I was sitting in the back the whole time, just like someone get me Red Bulls. I'm dying. I feel like shit. Awful. And I just gave her a flash drive, and I was like, I think, and I'm telling you's on this, just, like, do that, like, play it, and I'll figure it out. Because I keep a lot of my drag at Precinct, and I I knew I had a gown there. So I was just like, okay, let me put that on. And in my case, I had these two ugly fucking mom wigs. And I put it on, and I was like, oh, this is cute. And I'm like, I wish it was a little bit bigger. So I had another one, and I put that on. I'm like, oh, this looks right. Okay, here we go. Um... (laughs) go out and do the number jesus christ all of us the red bulls kick in mm. like to say the least the 10 red bulls that i had as i was trying to survive while being there they kicked in and the number got out of hand <laughs> i was like i kicked my shoes across the bar flying at the dj booth and then at that one specific moment i ripped the top wig off to that other ugly short wig underneath mm-hmm. and like they all lost their shit and then i did like that like leap into the air to like land on my knees all in a gown and it just fucking like murdered and it was hilarious so that's where that number came from it was just like i'm hung over and i don't know what else to do so let me go act a fucking fool that is one of the best drag numbers i've ever seen <laughs> the it's most just, it's like one of my solid ones i'm like oh i don't know what to do this is what I'm and just do. like i and i can't because i i i remember Wait, it hold on a second so you didn't mean to be victoria Porkchop parker we just like read that from it oh no no yeah i th- i thought that was <laughs> was that did i wear the gold gown what was i wearing you wore this like bl- it was like black with gold like um it, i think it had some gold in it but you it i mean to me you had like done things to your face to look like pork chop oh my for, god and no. we were standing right in the front and i was like you had your face all like you know like i mean again this you, was our you, you contoured your nose to kind of have it look kind of like hers but i guess you oh didn't my god. 
No, I don't no, know. I girl, I was probably just eating a See, lot of salt. This is like David Bowie <laughs> doing the Elephant Man. That's what you did. He did nothing, and he ended up looking like him. Girl, I tell you, we were there front row, sober too. So this is how I'm like I can remember it quite. <laughs> I lost my shit, especially when you started like modeling the drag con slipper and just oh like kicked God, it off. Yeah. <laughs> like I forgot I did that. Yeah, that like, uh, it was just so good. We talk about it quite often. <laughs> We've definitely talked about it on the We've show. We talked before. about it on yeah. the show, and like anytime like your name is brought up, I'm like, and that fucking pork chop Parker number, which I guess <laughs> is not a pork chop Parker number. Oh no, yeah, that was just me, baby. Oh my god, this We were like, she's doing, she's doing this like flawless, seamless illusion. Because then you <laughs> you came out toward the end of the show, you know, with like your shaper and your chest set and this gorgeous long wig, and I was like. Robert looks. How did she do that? She just changed her makeup, like no, magically. It was probably the wigs, girl. Jesus Christ! Wow. I'm. Yeah, because the wig, the when you rip off that first wig underneath, it looked like you were trying to replicate. Looks, yeah. What Victoria Porkchop Parker looks like without a wig on? Like that's <laughs> what it looked like to me. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it could also be because Tony introduces you as the pork chop of Dragula, which oh, is Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh Tony. Wow, I can't believe we fucking made that up in our brains. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm still as powerful sis. I'm still gonna keep it that way if you don't mind in my head. No, that's fine. Go ahead. That was it's still an amazing number no matter what. Like you girl, we had so much fun in LA, we wanted to move there. Mm-hmm. Oh like you girls put on it's such a different like environment. Like New York is great and it's fantastic, but there was something about that weekend where like I don't know, it just felt like for me it easy. was that I'm always I'm always conscious of the fact that I'm a bigger person when I'm in New York when I go out in nightlife. When mm-hmm. we went to precinct that night, I didn't feel it at all. Oh no, yeah, because I was there, bitch. <laughs> oh, it just I was there. the crowd was just like all different body types and colors yeah. and sizes and like and yeah. genders and genders and it was like and straight people and gay people and maybe because it was DragCon weekend or whatever, but like and maybe it has to do with the way that Tony runs a show. Um, cause I'm not going to lie. I was surprised at how good that bitch can lip sync. Cause we'd known him for a while, but we never, yeah, we never met him in person. Tony? Yeah. We never met him You're in person. complimenting Tony Soda. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. No. No, no one should ever give Tony Soda a compliment for anything aside from hosting. Oh <laughs> well, my God. He's a I good host. No, he, yeah. One of the best hosts I've ever met. That was a, that was a really tightly run show. Yeah. yeah, I have to say it was, and I had to go to a show after that, and he was making sure everything was happening on time, so I wasn't work. Late. Yeah, because I had to go do Bushwick at Fault Line. Oh my God, Jesus yeah. Christ! Wow. Yeah, Dracon LA is not fun for me because I <laughs> purposefully like overbook myself because I'm like I'm gonna show them I'm the queen of downtown LA. I'm gonna be at every goddamn party. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna turn out the numbers. They're gonna remember my name. Like I, that's my mindset during that weekend. You just need to hire a body double and send them out in your pumpkin outfit. Oh, no one's ever pretty enough. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I mean, speaking of DragCon, what did you think of New York DragCon this year? 
Uh, I think I actually enjoyed it a little bit more than LA this year because now I I used to go both days. Now I only go one day. I don't mm-hmm. need to go both days. Um, I'll survive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of walking and yeah. like getting like leaving the convention center at the end of the thing is really complicated and really frustrating. Where in LA, to me, I feel like it's really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I thought it was weird how they had like the artist alley kind of like shoved in that corner. Yeah, the setup was really weird. I, yeah, I was like, I don't like that, and whoever planned that out should be fired because you just put like all these talented like artists in this dark ass corner. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it, it like totally does such a disservice to the community of like like actual community, not like. We don't need half the building reserved for a line for Katya. We don't fucking need it. Mm-hmm. Right. And nor and nor should she be taking those meet and greets because sis is unstable sometimes. Like <laughs> I'm thinking men- I'm thinking like mental not even a read, like that's mental health. Like if yeah. I had to deal with the people she has to deal with, bitch, I would go crazy too. Like I would relapse. Like mm-hmm. that's fucking hard. And I I think when it comes to some of the people that are around the bigger queens and then some of the people that work with World of Wonder, they don't give a shit. They're like, we have, this is going to be big. Mm-hmm. There's so much excitement in the air that they don't think about the actuality of it all. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, like we, we helped Jiggly this year. It's our, our I think, our third year helping her. Yeah. yeah. Right? She looked beautiful, by the way. Didn't she? I did everything. I even liar. Can you imagine? I even she's painted her. If Jiggly hears me saying I painted her face, she'll, she's like, she's gonna like stab me. She's gonna summon um, a plague. No, I just combed her wig out the the third day, and that's why it looks so good. But um, <laughs> wow, what? And I literally I rubbed her body from head to toe in her body bling. Oh yeah. Like if our friendship was not close, it got closer. Uh. <laughs> What? Give this man an Emmy. Oh, what no. you like? That was the oh. moment. I was just like, all right, here, just give it to me. Like, let's do it. It was a very interesting experience. But you know, it's like I feel like people don't understand. Like, if you're not in the booth, even like you know, forget about being the queen because I can't even imagine, right? Like, just having to expend yeah. all that energy. But like, <sighs> some of the fans are great. Some of the fans are okay, and then there are those who are just. I don't even know what to call them. Well, let's let's get to the 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 thing we want to talk about. Oh yeah, which is part of uh, our, a segment we do at the end of the show called Attitude and Gratitude. So I'll let you go first because it's. I think we need to have a big conversation about this. Yeah. So because I'm sure you experienced this yourself, it's it's this issue with you know drag is not consent, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that word or that phrase is at the very front. There's this whole explanation, and I'm like, that's bullshit because nobody reads that, nobody listens to that, you know? Yeah, that tiny ass. Song. Yeah, it's like, and and I feel like I, I don't know if it was Jiggly or some other queen was like saying, how can I get that like just printed and used as a backdrop for my booth? Because, yeah. like, I understand it. Like, it, it, people get excited, and honestly, I don't understand why they do that fucking like Black Friday run that they do when they open it because i'm surprised oh nobody's God. been trampled it's yeah, like they're they're like they're a tickle me almost for sale or something i don't know what's going sometimes on sometimes i want to like look at the people that are doing Ugh. that and want to be like you know your fave is judging you for doing mm-hmm. this right like we don't like it it's right. like i i think of my mother telling me in spanish like you represent your family don't act a fool yes. like don't don't like don't be running like an idiot because like nobody looks cute when they run 
Exactly. And like you have all these foolish people just like the line is going to be hours long no matter what. But getting back to what I was talking about is this this ownership that that people feel now, not just over drag race girls or dragula girls. It's just anybody who's in drag. Right. It's like, yeah, I can take a picture of you. I can flash the camera in your face. I can, you know, own you. I can pull you. I can grab you Mm -hmm. like it doesn't happen to me because I'm barely ever in drag. But how do you experience that? And how do you, like, deal with this, you know, issue of drag is not consent and people not listening to that? Um, I, it's weird because, like, I don't have to deal with the worst of it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I don't like is, like, if you're coming to me and we're going to talk, like, or you want to, like, meet me and, like, take a photo like i'm also expecting to have conversation because sis i'm standing there for a while and Mm -hmm. i'm just like okay like just it's picture 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 i'll stand and like talk to you if you want to talk about something along with your picture like there's no rush for me right um one thing that i noticed with new york though and this was kind of like an in general thing and maybe it was the people that i was surrounding myself with um they were a little bit more um kinder and like a little bit more understanding that like oh yeah girl this is a lot and then like they would ask to take a photo and i'd be like oh yeah and then they like wrap their arm around me and then be like oh wait is it okay if i touch you i was like yeah girl that's fine like it's we're taking a photo it's a hug hmm. um that was like something that i'm not used to because in la it's different mm-hmm. la is very much like i want to get your photo yes i want to get your photo okay here bye da, da, da. and you just end up kind of feeling like used and drained mm-hmm. um that's why like when i when it comes to drag con i don't put my all into it i was like you know what if these people really give a shit they'll see me at the show uh-huh and that you know that's that's the thing and then you see the younger kids there that really do care and that's always really heartwarming but um I don't know. I guess I really haven't needed to navigate that just because I'm not that super. I'm not like some superstar in the drag community. It's just like people happen to know who I am and they know that I'm talkative and they want to talk. And so that, you know, that's always chill. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't, don't know. I've heard nightmare stories from other queens, but mine have always been somewhat pleasant. Mm-hmm. But I'm also I like I'll deal with it for such a short amount of time. So if someone does get out of hand, I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Mm-hmm. and then they cross the line. That's where my girl go. Bye. Right. Yeah. I just don't understand the idea of like, here's this person, right? You're a human. They're a human. And you want a picture with them. Why not ask first? Like we, and you know, just not to sound too famous, but we were at the supermarket recently and we were mm-hmm. recognized. Oh, that was weird. It was weird. Um, it was weird, but it was like very flattering. And I was like, Ooh, you're making me feel very fancy. And, and then I went back to like, let's, you know, let's get the, the stop and shop brand of the seltzer water instead of the, Mm -hmm. you know, you know what I mean? I went to, went back to being a normal person. Um, and, uh, and then I noticed later that the person who recognized us followed us throughout the grocery, like was basically following us. And like at one point was secretly taking photos of us, which I'm oh, like, yeah, so that's weird. It's like, um, you could have asked, we would have happily posed. Like we were, we were shopping for hot sauce in the moment. And I was like, Ooh, look at this handle of Frank's red hot. Ooh, let's buy it. Like I would have posed, I would have done whatever you wanted. I would have taken a picture with you, yeah. taken a picture of just the hot sauce, like whatever you want. And it's like, 
it's always better to ask because mm-hmm. you'll get a better experience just in, yeah. I mean, in general. That was a yeah. strange moment. Yeah. That was because, For me? Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm never like really worried about like someone taking like an unflattering photo of me. And I know this is just like very much me and not mm-hmm. like the whole thing. So if anyone's listening and you think this is permission to take ugly photos of other cor- girls, fuck off. For me, like, if I'm doing something, talking to someone, and if I see a flash out the corner of my eye and I turn and someone, like, took a photo of me, I just, like, smile. I'm like, oh, like, is, the, is it good? Like, are you fine? Okay, thank you. Because I'm like, at the end of the day, if I look fat, guess what, sis? Surprise to the world. I'm fat. Like, <laughs> right. it's just how I look. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to act like, mm-hmm, can, I, can we take it another photo and, like, suck it in and, like, so really pose and everything. I'm just like, no, girl, that's what I look like. And I just... That's part of me embracing the whole, you know, like, this is my body, eat it up, right. don't care. Um, but I know that's not the same for everyone. So I think it's really important for, you know, fans and just uh, looky-loos in general mm-hmm. to kind of get that. But Yeah, yeah. What, yeah, what, like you said, people feel entitled to. What drives me crazy are the insults that come <laughs> when you tell somebody, like, hold up, like... We were, uh, it was, it was like the last day of DragCon and I like, I don't know how many people we did probably dealt like with a couple of hundred people by that point. And we were taking Jiggly from her booth to the Manic Panic booth where she was going to be for an hour and that was mm-hmm. it. And we're just trying to get through. There's tons of people. She's tired. We're, you know, trying to just like make everything easy. And this guy is just like walking backwards in front of us flashing and like, this isn't even an unflattering moment. Like we have to get somewhere right now, you know? And, yeah. and I was like, Hey, can you just not do that right now? And he said, do what? And I'm like, can you just not like be flashing and taking a picture like right now? And he's like, why it's drag con for Pete's sake. And I'm like, okay, but drag is not consent. I said, and yeah. like you could ask to take a photo and she won't say no. Like yeah. rarely ever will she say no. She will stop right. at any point, you know, because whatever, she's nice. And he just like his I, response like, was his response well, she didn't was, win. Yeah. He's like, Oh what? Like, she's not so famous. She didn't even win. And I just turned around and I was like, No, let's just go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And Julie's yeah. like, Wait. Well, also it's like, you know. Oh, she's not so famous, she didn't win. It's like, Well, bitch, you're the one walking backwards like right? a fucking idiot taking the photo. You still right. want so the fucking the photo. Like what is yeah. and and so then nobody was telling you to pay. Nobody was like, you know, any of this shit, but yet you feel like it's okay to be insulting because you didn't get your way. And yeah. like that that's the problem. You know, it's it's yeah. it's it's that like I don't even know what you call it, but yeah, stuff like that I think people just need to be like better about, you know? Like I, be nice. I just I yeah. hope the photo was worth it. Ugh. Fucking Ugh. I'm sure. I'm sure none of his photos were worth it. I'm sure you will not see a single one of his photos in any of like the posts about Dracon that come out in the next week or month. I hope not. I oh, hope, he I hope his memory card got corrupt. He wasn't even pressed. No, he wasn't he was just pressed. A person. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, even extra trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hope his memory card got corrupted. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, bitch. Um, my attitude this week goes to the owner of the monster bar, which recently recently came under fire because the manager, uh, made some racist remarks about the flyer uh, for the Saturday night party, which as we understood it was always patronized by people of color and had been yeah. running for six years. Yeah. 
Um, so that, um, that whole situation was nuts. Yeah, and apparently the owner has apologized for what he said, but not before we found out that he blamed Mitch Farino for everything that happened because Mitch showed the text to Honey Davenport, who was the host yeah. of the show. Like, you, you know, uh, there's a queen that I'm friends with on Facebook named Jade Electra. She lives in, uh, I think that's her name. Um, she lives in Canada, and she used to be a DJ at The Monster, and she had an experience with the current owner and Mm -hmm. she really like details what, you know, like everything that she went through and how basically because she chose to play hip hop at the, uh, on whatever night she was designated, she was essentially fired. And so that she goes into great deal detail with it. If you have, have the chance, go on Facebook and read it. I really shared it. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is, this is something that, you know, there's a history of this and this is a thing that is coming into it's, it's coming out in the wash, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So apologize and fucking fix it. Like we can't afford, like, there's two sides of this. We can't afford to lose more LGBT spaces in New York yeah. City because we've lost so many already. And at the same time, we can't afford to keep, you know, keep having these like coded language dress code things or, yeah. you know, like all of this bullshit where we're trying to keep queer people are so important to the LGBT community as they would be to any other community. Like, why are you keeping them out? We need them there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They enrich our culture. What is wrong with you? Like, and on top of that, they were the, at least from my understanding, they were the main demographic of that party. You mean people of color. Mm-hmm. People of color. That's what I said. You said queer people. I said queer people of color. Oh. I think. Whatever. It's on, it's on tape. I'll roll the tape <laughs> anyway. back. <laughs> but anyway, I just, I, it's, when we heard about this, I was like, what a strange mm-hmm. choice yeah. to that fuck with your demographic. Yeah, that video was like heartbreaking. Like right yeah. at the end, and mm-hmm. you see her like hands starting to shake. I was like, yes. "Oh, baby, like this, this is hard. Like this is heavy. Mm-hmm. I like that's awful. That's yeah. fucking awful." And the bar was packed. Like, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, a lot. It's it's been a long time since we've gone out regularly, but the last, the, like, from what I remember, as long as the bar is packed. And people are drinking and spending money and most importantly, tipping bartenders and their queens. Mm-hmm. That's good for business, regardless yeah. of their color. So it's like, do you want your bar to be packed with people or do you want it to be packed with a certain kind of person? Because I'm exactly. sure if you want a certain kind of person, it's going to be a lot harder to drum up business. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's what I don't I w- understand. I'm interested to see how that bar lasts I mean, with, they, you know, with the months coming. They lost Look Queen. Bob, yeah, Bob and and Dusty picked it right up and moved it. <coughs> oh, sure, the fuck did they moved it right uptown to Washington Heights, which is full of what people of color, mm-hmm. and that is a huge party. And it's like, you know, like I just I don't get it. I don't get it. Like I would love for Look Queen moving to Washington Heights to start a whole drag scene in Washington Heights. I would love that. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, and so my gratitude goes to Honey Davenport and, you know, if they're not regretting that it now, works. they're going to be regretting it, regretting it really bad in a couple months. So, yeah. yeah. yeah I, right, though? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, who does, Daniel, who does your gratitude oh, go to? Oh, well, my, 
Oh, well, yeah. Oh, because I already said my attitude, didn't yes, I? Yes, you did. Um, so my gratitude actually goes to the listeners that came up to us and talked to us at DragCon, because that's always a lot of fun um, to see and meet the people who, you know, listen to our podcast. Um, we got to spend some time with a fellow podcaster, uh, Fabi Fav from Latinos Who Lunch. Um, if you're not listening to them, you really should go check them out. Um, and there was one listener in particular who I was really excited to meet, um, whose name is Eunice, who did an incredible Ted talk, um, talking about growing up Puerto Rican and, you know, uh, stories about her sisters and things like that. And her and I had this like half hour conversation about, you know, different ways of, of growing up Puerto Rican and how, you know, like, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Dominican, like whatever your, eth- you know, label of ethnicity you are, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter because everybody grows up differently. Some of us grow up the same, but at the end of the day, it's like shared experiences that bring us together with yeah. this whole conversation. And, and that's what really kind of uh, fascinated me about what you were saying, particularly earlier, because it, it mirrored this conversation that I had with our listeners. So that's my my gratitude yeah. is, is to Eunice for coming up and you know, introducing herself and us having this, this talk. That's awesome. Um, I also wanted to, so we talked about going to see you at be cute on a previous episode. And I thought about it the other day and I forgot to mention this because it left such a strong impact, but I had never seen Tito Soto perform before. And I was fucking blown away. Like so talented. And, And guess what? That's like not even like close to being his best number. Wow, I yeah. b- I believe you. Like Tito's amazing. He he frustrates the hell out of me, but I think <laughs> he is a gift from God. Like he's so yeah. good. Like I I just Charlene coming on right after his number and being like, "Who says that drag has gender lines?" Like, mm-hmm. look at this. This mm-hmm. is like I I just I had never seen something that was at the same time like super masculine but also really faggoty and just like perfectly glamorous and I just it, it completely it almost it's like sh- it sh- has shifted my perspective on drag in a way that yeah. I don't even really understand yet but I I'm so excited that I got to see it and um yeah He's really fucking cool. And I'm really disappointed that I didn't say anything on our last episode. Well, because we oh, talked no, yeah. all about Peach. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. Your, um, your, like, spiked wig. That was amazing. Like, your oh, my head, God. Yeah. Like, your headbanger number was. I surprised that was, like, that survived the flight. I mean, uh, or you throwing yourself on the floor. That was, like, oh, my God. Is she okay? Oh, like, yeah. No, yeah. That's normal. Yeah. And I, because I. <laughs> The second time I did it, because I was just like, I can feel this wig falling off because I'm drenched in sweat and nothing is holding. So it's like, let's just whip this shit off real quick. Oh, oh she flew right onto yeah. Charlene's head. Yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> when she came out, I was like, I, I feel like I've seen that wig before. And I was oh like, oh, God. yeah, <laughs> I'm obsessed with Charlene, by the way. I, a lot of people are. Yeah, she's great. We love her. I, uh, just I saw her and just. So how she operated, and I was just like, you are the most beautiful person I've ever gotten to experience in person, and I love you. She, yeah, she's just like, she has a thing. Yeah. I don't know what it is. We've known her for years. I still can't figure it out. There is just something so magnetic and so, like, she just makes me happy. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. e- even even like when she's talking about something like serious and she's being very you know when when you know that like your emotions are gonna like shift or whatever mm-hmm. i'm like thank god there's somebody like her and and not for nothing but thank god there's like a white person like her out there yeah. who is like the, i don't like to use the like the word woke but whatever the better version of that is like i you know like she is very in tune with what's going on and i and i really appreciate that because she's very she's very careful about Mm -hmm. that but she also is like i don't know it's like the right balance of seriousness and silliness and and you know like just knowing knowing what to say and what to do and i and i think you know she's definitely somebody that um that um people can i think look to for yeah. a lot of different things. Yeah. Um I agree. Yeah. So I'm glad that she's out there. Well, with that, <laughs> that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for doing this with us, Pinche. Thank you for having me. It was fun. We have uh, to have you back on at some point in the course. future. I'm always down. Yeah. So I hope I didn't ramble too much. I'm a rambler and then I like towards like the middle of what I'm saying, I'm like, oh my God, what was the main point? And then I hope I got back to the point by the time I ended it. I'm the same way. Same yeah. all around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't worry. <laughs> it should be called Rambling Kiki instead of Grizzly Kiki Rambling at Kiki. some point. <laughs> right? Uh, can amazing. you tell our listeners where they can follow you on social media, please? On Instagram, you can find me at Pinche Queen. Um, super easy. You can tell it's me. Uh, and then on Facebook, if you want to follow me, you can also type in like either my government name, Dallas Boyd or Pizza Queen. It should pop up, but Facebook has blocked me from my old profile and won't give me access it, to it anymore. So it's a pain in the ass. So I had to create a new one and the new one over the profile photo says new profile. I didn't delete you. Stop being sensitive. Just in case you need to make sure. <laughs> We definitely got Facebook. We got friend requests from you, and we were like, "Oh, she's adding us. Weird." And then I was like, "I was like, I thought I was friends with Pinche." And then I was like, oh, "Wait, no. I, yeah, I had to make a new one, girl." <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Facebook. so many people were butthurt about it. Uh, here I was be- busy being flattered. I was like, "Oh, Pinche is adding me." You should just tell people like I'm being really exclusive now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you know, I only add you. I don't accept requests. I only yeah. send. <laughs> it could be like in calls only. Yes, like I don't, I don't travel. Um, work. Well, we're Grizzly Kiki on everything that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so you can follow us there. Send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail dot com, and maybe we'll read yours on the air. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. So until next time, bye. 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 Yeah. Hehehehe <laughs>